All right, welcome back to another edition of Kealakai, the podcast. We've got this week, we have our guest, Megan DeYoung. She's from Castle Rock, Colorado. She is a psychology major, and we're super excited to have you on. Yeah, we are. Yay, I'm excited to be here, guys. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Uh, for new listeners, I'm Michael. And I'm Olivia. Exactly. And we host All this right. podcast. Basically, we talk to members of the community about themselves, what they're doing with stories about their life kind of whatever just to get to know each other and to hear everybody's different stories mm-hmm. so we kind of talked a little bit before we started recording but you said you want to work in special education with your psych degree um and you kind of mentioned that you've been working with people with disabilities since you're in elementary school can you kind of talk about that that's really cool yeah sure um so starting in like third grade there were two girls in my class hannah and megan and they had disabilities and like so I wouldn't work with them directly but we just got to know them as a class and they were so sweet they were the coolest people um they'd go to recess with us they'd be in class with us and then I remember in fifth grade we read a book and it was about a girl who had um, a disability and so that kind of sparked my interest in like okay like I want to know more about how to help people with disabilities and so then starting middle school I joined I joined clubs. We did sports. Um, we had this thing called the Polar Plunge, if you mm-hmm. guys know what that oh, is. Yeah. 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 So fun. Like freezing cold. We'd raise money for um, Special Olympics, which is Olympics for people with disabilities. And so then once you raise a certain amount of money, you'd go to freezing cold water <laughs> for people who don't know. Um, and then like we'd play basketball. Um, me and my family, we... Uh, volunteered and we did refereeing for like a tournament once Mm -hmm. that was really cool and then high school I did peer tutoring with them like I'd go to their classrooms and take them to their different classes and help them with notes and projects so yeah it was really awesome and like they're just amazing people and so I want to help them to be able to reach their potential because I feel like they get hidden behind like their disabilities is what mm-hmm. defines them, which isn't what it should be. Yeah. Last semester, I got to interview the Wolfers Burgers. <gasps> Yay. Yeah, and I got to actually go to their house and meet their son, Oliver. So fun. Um, and it was probably one of my favorite articles I've written because it was just so personal. Um, and something that I learned a lot from re- writing that article was the distinction between disabled people and people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of explain that just a little bit? Yeah, definitely. So something that someone told me, like, seventh grade that I've thought about ever since is there people before they have their disability. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, just like we're all children of God, we should be defined by that first. Mm-hmm. And so it's not people with the, it's not disabled people. They're people that have disabilities. And just like every one of us has something that we're working on, multiple things and things that we struggle with, um, that's just how they are. Theirs are just more physical mm-hmm. sometimes. And so, yeah, yeah, people first. No, yeah, I actually, I really appreciate that. Um, throughout high school, I was in learning support a lot because I have um, ADHD and dyslexia. So I was always in there and, um, I always, the thing that I remember the most is I had two learning support teachers, um, Mr. Massey and 
We called him Professor X. His name was Xavier. Um, I don't remember what his last name was. <laughs> That's fun. But we just called him <laughs> Professor X, Mr. X. I remember his last name was Xavier. I don't remember. But the thing that I remember about both of them is they're just like, they had like a passion about helping us and wanting us to succeed and just like doing whatever they could to make sure that we, you know, could do what we wanted to do and have success in school and, you know, I guess, I don't know, when you're in high school, that's all you do is you don't have work. But like, <laughs> you know, like they, they cared about us and they wanted us to do well. So that's special that you want to go into that. Thanks. So what's your main goal in going through that? Like, what do you want your future, like, position to be? Or, like, what do you want to be able to yeah, do that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, okay, for the longest time, I just wanted to be a high school special ed teacher. Mm-hmm. And not just a high school special yeah. ed teacher, you know. Um, that takes a lot of work. And, like, I admire teachers um, a lot. But one of my professors here, she was talking to me, and she's like, oh, so are you just going to get your bachelor's? I was like, yeah, that's the plan. Get my bachelor's and then go on to teach. And she's like, no, you should go on to, like, get your master's and then do research and stuff like that. And Mm so um, not that I'm just going to take her word for it and do what she says, but it definitely gave me a lot of more options because when I would tell people, oh, I'm going to be a high school special ed teacher, they wouldn't, like, challenge me to, like, go get my master's Mm -hmm. or doctorate or anything like that. Mm It's just kind of like, great, like, that's awesome. And so it kind of opened up those possibilities. And so I think I want to take my bachelor's and then go study special ed and get a master's. Mm-hmm. And, like, the psychology part is really cool because it gives you that internal aspect, like how human brains work. And then you could see how psychology plays a role into disabilities, that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. then... Yeah, and it's cool because one of my minors here is sign language. And mm. so that gives me an outlet to be able to communicate with students wow. through sign language. And so I think it's so cool how this school offers so many different connections, like mm-hmm. majors and minors that connect with each other. For sure. And so then you're able to get a lot more out of it than just, oh, I'm studying psychology and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Are I never f- thought about that way. Sorry, are you fluent in sign language? Like- no. I took it two years in high school and okay. then two years here. Well, two semesters here. So uh-huh. you know it more than most. Yeah. I can get through. I understand a lot more than I can sign. Mm. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I definitely can sign. Yeah. And people don't understand me. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, no, I was just asking because in, in high school, uh, my last year, yeah, my last year of high school, one of my best friends, He's not deaf, but his mom is deaf, so everyone in his family signs because, you know, they have to to talk to their mom. Right. Um, So he taught me a little bit, but, yeah, it's, I don't know, it it felt hard when I was learning it from him because I was like, bro, this doesn't make any sense. (laughs) But that's good that I guess that you're doing that because there's a lot of people who can't get access to that just because their ears. Yeah. And not a lot of people know sign language, and yeah. so, like, they can't communicate as easily mm-hmm. with people. Yeah, I didn't even think about that when it came into, like, special education, is that you do need to have, like, all of these amazing things to be able to better serve the people that you're working with. So that's amazing that you're working on that, that you're trying to get that for yourself. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> and I really, obviously, like that you mentioned that, the school does like the whole Okai program really helps with that and making sure that we're pretty well rounded. So how do you what are you what's your other minor? 
Um, so special education is a minor, mm. and then sign language, and then psychology. psychology. Wow, those all work yeah. together pretty Yeah, tight. I know. When I found out that the school was, like, programmed, you know, Holy Cow, it was mm-hmm. like uh-huh. that. I was like, dang, these work perfectly together. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh, that's perfect. Yeah. So do you, because you're going on about, like, special ed and stuff, but so do you think that you would, like, kind of, like, stick to, like, special education and use a lot of sign language there, or do you kind of want to do, like, like working with, like, deaf kids? Right, or... yeah. I see what you're asking. Like, I don't think my specialty will be interpreting or, like, sign language specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of want to do it how it was in my high school. So there was the special ed room, and kids with all different disabilities were in there. And so that's how I want to be. Um, I want to be in a classroom that's diverse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even with kids that have the same disability labeled, label, um, they're so different. Like, everyone's an individual, mm-hmm. and no disability is the same. And yeah. so, yeah, I want it to be diversity, so then I learn how to better interact with them and, like, understand them as people, mm-hmm. not their disability or anything like that. Uh-huh. For sure, yeah. I really like that you mentioned that a disability is really individual for each person. It makes sense, but I feel like we don't talk about it enough. Yeah. So kind of branching off that, you have all this experience with like people with disabilities. Do you have like a certain experience or person that sticks out to you in your mind? I know you mentioned some people from like elementary school, but like recently, do you have any specific things that you've had? Yeah, there's a lot. Oh, man. <laughs> there's so many people that I love and adore. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one that came to my mind was Antonio, is Antonio. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and I were a year apart in high school, and he, we joined a club called Best Buddies, um, and so I got paired as his buddy, and so what that is, is the peer, which was me, hangs out with them outside of school two times a month, mm-hmm. and so through that, like, he's an only child, um, I just got to know him better, and, like, I love his family, it's him and his his mom and dad and they're the sweetest people ever um but he is the happiest person we go through school so he's in a wheelchair so I'd be pushing him and sometimes he tried to get away with me pushing him all the time (laughs) but I'm like no boy you know what you're doing so but sometimes we'd be going around and he's just smiling and he's such a ladies man so all the girls are like hi Antonio and he would just laugh like he knows he has game (laughs) and (laughs) So I see him when I go home. We hang out all the time. He loves Mickey Mouse. Mm -hmm. And, like, he's just, oh, he's just so awesome. Mm -hmm. I love him. And then there's a girl I worked with over the summer. Her name's Allie. Um, She's high-functioning autism. uh, But she taught me a lot. She didn't love going outside, and a goal of ours was to exercise. And so she taught me a lot of, like, different ways to incorporate that Mm -hmm. with working with her and her interests and what she liked to do. Um, But she was really fun. And she, like, you just have to get to know the people, Mm -hmm. you know. And they teach you so much, and every lesson you learn is different, just like you learn different lessons from your friends. And once you get to know them, they become your friends. And, yeah, and they're so accepting of everyone. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's something big that we can learn. Yeah. And yeah, like I was talking about Antonio, he was the happiest person I knew. Mm-hmm. And he has reasons that we can't even comprehend to be unhappy, you know? Mm-hmm. So 
yeah, those two really stick out in my mind. And then a girl I'm working with right now. Oh, I love her to pieces, too. Mm. She is, She's so fun. She loves to sing. And we have a blast together when we hang out on Saturdays. And so it's mm. just really good. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, when I was interviewing the Wolfersburgers, one of the questions I asked was, how can we show support to these people with disabilities? Or, like, what's the biggest way to get involved with helping these people? And Sister Wolfersberger was just like, you just have to talk to them. You just have to say hi. You need to establish contact. Make them feel human because they are. It's so easy to lump them into these groups that they're people with disabilities. Like, we, they're kind of, they're not scary, but we just don't understand them as well. Um, And as long as we're bridging that contact and as long as we're saying hi or, like, trying to get to know them, that's where it comes from. So is that kind of, like, what you've become interested in is kind of breaking that, I don't want to call it a stigma, but for lack of a better word, I'll call it a stigma, um... Are you interested in, like, helping to raise awareness for that? Oh, definitely. Like, a big thing that I want to work on is more inclusion in -hmm. the classrooms because there are students that are separated and never get to go into other classrooms, Mm -hmm. and there's no way to overcome that barrier um, without including them. And so, yeah, um, when I'm with people, like, I introduce them to who I'm with, you know, Mm -hmm. or we see someone and I say hi, and then they usually follow and say hi and so yeah that's definitely something I'm interested in Mm -hmm. doing and becoming an advocate for getting to know people and overcoming that yeah for sure yeah um golly I guess it's it's kind of crazy because I don't know I feel like I haven't talked to many people in my life that want to go into special education. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because I don't know that many people um, who, are, <laughs> who are kind of in that world. But if it feels like it's a, it's a rare person who wants to do it. So why why do you think that is? That Maybe it's just me that hasn't met that many people, but it seems like there's not that many people who are... It doesn't seem like a very populated field. Yeah, definitely not. I think because it is intimidating because a lot of people um, don't know how to interact with people with special needs and so they kind of find it scary which I can understand like it's definitely something that takes learning and getting used to uh-huh. um, and just overcoming those cultural views I like in America um, we have a lot more inclusion and in talking about it than in other countries and so that would definitely be hard overcoming those cultural views um, but everyone tells me when I say what I want to do they're like oh you must have a lot of patience Mm -hmm. and that I like to think I do I don't know I haven't been fully tested and Mm -hmm. because of I haven't been a teacher yet but I think that's also something that scares people away from it Mm -hmm. is the patience and how Mm -hmm. trying it would be um but that comes with any career I feel like there are definitely obstacles you have to overcome um but yeah I think once people find a passion for it, then, or once they overcome those barriers, they'll find a passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard a quote um, from this guy, I don't remember who it was, but he said, whenever someone tells them, oh, I want to write a book, or I want to open a restaurant, I want to tell them, like, what they want to do, he always tells them, are you willing to cry for it? Are you willing to, like, be working at, the th- at that thing so hard that it just, you have so much, like, emotional investment into it that you know when things are tough that you're just going to be like beaten down and just frustrated and and feeling feeling tough 
And I think that's important that people have that passion, I guess, to for a field like this, that if you don't have that passion, if you're not like, this is what I want to do and I want to help people, then you're kind of going to, when things get tough, you'll be like, nah, I don't want to do it. Indeed, mm-hmm. you can kind of head on out of there. Yeah, that's so. a good point. Yeah, I think that that's something that Michael and I always talk about is passion and having that in our work. Um, and I feel like that's the biggest way to be effective as well. So how do you feel that you having passion for wanting to go into special education and helping these people with disabilities, how do you feel like that'll help you be successful or like how like received by people? I think passion is definitely contagious. Mm-hmm. And like if you ask pretty much any student who their favorite teacher is and why, they'll say, oh, because they're passionate about what they teach. Mm-hmm. They say, oh, they understand the students and they care about what they're teaching. And so I think the same thing applies. Um, if I'm working my hardest to raise awareness and to help others to understand more, then I think that'll like get passed on and people will receive it well because even if you're not totally interested in a subject, you still are interested in it because if you care about the person, then you'll care about what they're what they're interested in mm-hmm. or if what they're passionate about. And so, and I think that it's already happened with my friends. Um, my brother and I went to high school together, and he got to know Antonio because Antonio was hanging out with me. Mm-hmm. And so, like a lot more people get to know others through connections. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. That's, I don't know, for, I say that a lot, I don't know, I don't know about a lot of things, but it's, <laughs> it's kind of, um, it's really interesting to me to see different people, not just who are trying to do like special education, but the different um, disciplines, different uh, majors and careers, whatever, how I feel like the people who are the most um, passionate the people who I look at and talk to who who seem like they have, who know what they're going to do, they're the ones who are the most passionate and they're like, I want to do this thing. Mm. And like, they're like, I'm, I want to do it and this is how I'm going to do it and I want to make this happen. And it's like, it's something I think that all of us can kind of look to, to those students and professors who just like, they know what they want and how to, how they, how to get there or how they want to try and get there. Yeah. Um, so kind of going off of that as well, do you have any professors here that you feel like are like that passionate professor that like you want to be like one day, not necessarily teaching wise, but just in life? Like, do you have a specific professor in your mind? Um, the first one that came to my mind is Dr. Shute. Um, he teaches in the education department and he loves teaching. Like, some people are like, oh, he comes off, he's so strict and everything, but he cares about what he's teaching about, and you hear his stories and his experiences with people, and so that rubs off on you. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on the podcast today, Megan. Thanks for having me. This has been awesome, and we can tell that you're passionate about what you want to do, and thank you for sharing your insights on that. Sure. Thank you. So we will be having our first ever Thursday episode coming up this Thursday where Michael and Bruna and I will be talking about a specific subject so make sure you tune into that and thank you once again Megan um, and till next time this is KLK the podcast <laughs>